0: It's a
1: babe. Babe, it's a power. Power. Welcome, wow. welcome,
2: welcome, welcome! Sabbath morning, something, that's something, something, oh. something. I've
1: gone too far astray. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: so oh, to give shit. you all a little window into what we're talking about, because that's the question, what the hell are we talking about? Well, Always. We're going to perform a little scene for you. <laughs> Brother Michael, welcome. Oh, uh, thank you. Have a seat, please, in this chair. Uh, Right here? Yes, right there. Okay. No, out! Ah! Oh. That's okay. my. Sit down. Okay. <clears throat> What's your middle name? Uh, George. George. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, please. Honey, are you ready to record? David Dean, my wife. I trust that you've come fasting,
2: young man. Yes. Uh, of course. Yes, yeah. I've been All fasting right. for seven days.
1: Actually. Whoa, wow. Oh, wow. You, you get an extra special blessing. Okay. I'm right. going to do it in Davidine, cursive this Davidine, time. Davidine, Davidine, need I remind you, please, the priesthood is speaking. Oh. <clears throat> Brother Michael, George, Joseph, Sue Ann, in the office of my calling in the priesthood as a patriarch, I place my hands upon your head and at your request, give you your patriarchal blessing. <laughs> With the instructions and the promises and the guidance that shall be given to you through the Holy Spirit of Promise, I, bl- I'm getting something interesting, huh? huh? Brother Michael, you're <clears throat> you need to leave my office. You're going to leave the church, and what? Uh, what? Yes, the Spirit has told me that what? you're leaving the church, and we have no room for that here. Uh, uh, what? I'm so sorry. I, I'm sorry. It's uh, the, how, the Spirit has spoken. How did you know? the spirit told me that patriarchs are real oh my god
3: you're not getting any of the cookies i made either you little bastard oh.
1: <laughs> yes yes oh. terrible terrible skit there but we are talking about patriarchal blessings Ta-da! one of uh. the unique
2: Additional <laughs>
1: complete brain fucks in the church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, more. Like we need more. We need yeah. another one. Give, give us yeah. more brain fucks.
2: Yeah. So before we jump too far into this episode, we all know what's going to happen next, don't we? We're going to have a little bit of LBS 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 church and
1: church in the news. I tell you, the news. The news. No the news. The news. That news. Just that tip your patriarch, is. and he'll give you a special blessing.
2: What? What? With your patriarch's tip? What
1: oh, sorry. Thought, the tip uh, of
2: what? I don't know. Who? I okay.
1: Don't know. I don't
2: know. Ah, you are going to like these folks. Here we go. News article number one. Letter to the editor, Salt Lake Tribune. Title: Death is upon us. Now is the <laughs> time to tap the LDS Church rainy day fund. Ooh! Bum, bum, bum.
4: What?
2: Her name is okay. Norma Tharp. She'll be remembered forever with this tiny little letter to the editor. Dear Mormon Church, the rainy day is here, so you might consider loosening the tight grip on the $100 billion fund. They won't be using paper currency after the rapture. Help the people of Utah now. (laughs) All the people, not just yours, in quotes, to improve survival against the rampant coronavirus. China built a hospital in 10 days. Utah hospitals are beyond capacity. Could there be a better time for serving your mission? It's raining death.
1: It's raining death. Hallelujah. It's raining Actually, death. Actually,
2: raining death. It was the proposed name for a new uh, speed metal band that I was starting up. Oh, yeah. you should have done
1: it. Yeah. Raining death.
2: Yeah. yeah. We may still do it. Well, yeah. I'll ignore a couple things. Paper money doesn't really exist at that quantity anyway. <laughs> but I get her point. Yeah, it is
1: a little dramatic, but rightly so. Yeah,
2: it is. Uh, Here's the next article. It kind of alludes to something else we brought up an episode or two ago. I start to lose track. You know how my brain's getting in my old age.
1: (laughs) It's because of all that acid.
2: Uh, Well, yeah, that too. Man says LDS Church Bishop threatened expulsion for abuse report. Now, you guys will Mm. remember, we talked about this same case an episode or two ago, and as it's going forward we're hearing more about the case, and that's what this is. It's kind of an update, a side note that came up. So, you'll hear some reminders in here from what we talked about earlier. It's a short mm-hmm. article. I'll just read the whole thing because I think it's worth it. Ready? Ready. <gasps> Phoenix, Associated Press, an Arizona man is claiming he was sexually abused as a Boy Scout and that the Church of threatened excommunication when he tried to report it 45 years ago. <gasps> Attorneys for the man announced a lawsuit Thursday in Maricopa County Superior Court in Phoenix against the church, the Grand Canyon Council of the Boy Scouts of America, a scoutmaster, a scout, and church leader, and Bishop Floyd Dean Davis. Quote, The level of negligence in our plaintiff's life is nothing other than tragic, and we are committed to securing justice on his behalf, Stephen D. Blandon of Ramanucci and Blandon Law Firm said in a statement. It's one of several that were filed before the start of the year when a window to pursue litigation for some victims of childhood sexual abuse in Arizona was to close. The state joined several others in extending the rights of now-adult victims to sue their alleged assailants and any churches, youth groups, or other institutions that turned a blind eye at the time of the abuse. They
1: needed Christ to heal their blindness.
2: That's true. I Actually, I'm glad that some states have done this. This is pretty good. In the legal complaint, the victim says the abuse started in 1973 when he was 11 years old. His scoutmaster made, quote, unpermitted sexual contact, unquote. Then in 1974, when the victim was between 12 and 13, a scout leader and church official also made unwanted sexual contact. Oh my God. When he was 15, he saw Jesus and God in the woods. Oh, wait, that's a different story. Yeah, you're reading one of the accounts of the Council, Joseph Smith. When, when he was 15, the victim said he told Davis about the abuse. This is the bishop. According to him, the bishop took no action to remove either man from his role or notify others.
1: Well, you know, before you go on, Mike, something that I need to say, I, I feel the spirit of a Mormon member. What they would say is... Is it
2: that Mormon member that's starting to grow a little elongated? No, no, under, not that. Oh, keep oh your, sorry. Keep your head okay. in the game. Okay.
1: <laughs> it was a different time, Mike. 1974, it was a different time. Oh! Um, we know, yeah, you know, we know just like, like on back 1847
3: then. was different. It was a different time. You, you
1: just can't hold that over the leaders of the church.
2: I'm... Because it was a different time. Confused. So, so are you suggesting that in the early seventies it was permissible for adult men to sexually That's, abuse?
1: Listen, Mike, I don't appreciate the contention you... you're bringing in. The spirit just left. All I'm trying to do is defend.
3: <laughs> Look, man, church. <laughs> you, you never saw a Woodstock.
1: <laughs> I mean, oh it doesn't excuse what they Come did, on. but it was a different time. Okay. We, you can't hold. We can't hold that over their heads. Okay.
2: All right. Sorry. Back to the article. Mitch has been escorted out. So, here we go. This is a different time. <laughs> okay. So, he took no action. That's where we left it. Davis, the bishop didn't leave it at that. Then he allegedly told the victim he would be excommunicated if he told anyone outside the church about <laughs> the allegations. Jesus.
1: No pun intended.
2: The victim says the abuse lasted for four years. His attorneys are asking for a jury to award general and punitive damages that cover pain and suffering. Church spokesman Sam Penrod declined to comment. He pointed to a previous statement the church made about similar lawsuits last month, declaring the faith has zero tolerance for abuse of any kind.
1: That's right. (laughs) Now. Even though the fucking case is about the church tolerating... Yes, (laughs) Yes, abuse. <laughs> exactly. We have no tolerance for abuse, even though our leaders uh, have we, been doing this for years. Mitch, you,
2: you misquoted. Uh, the Brethren said what we're supposed to say right here. Uh, we have no tolerance for the tolerance that was acceptable Extended back then.
1: Pass. Yeah. Um, this probably went straight to uh, Packer, and he was like, <sighs> well, I several years ago, I was also an abuser. <laughs> Just sweep it under the rug And let me interview them personally yeah. well,
2: okay Those are blips of history Yeah, alright I'm almost done with this short article Sorry <laughs> I knew this was going to happen Penrod pointed to a previous statement <laughs> This is the church spokesman The church had made about similar lawsuits We read this Zero tolerance for abuse Yeah, because that helps the faith, known widely as the Mormon Church, was the largest sponsor of Boy Scouts of America troops and its greatest ally until the Utah-based faith ended the partnership on January 1, 2020, and, no pun intended, pulled out <laughs> more than 400,000 young people. Pulled out uh-huh. of more than 400,000? Oh, wait, I
1: misread that. Pulled. <laughs> you, you, did. you did. Mike, the spirit has left.
4: I I want to ride the pony. (laughs) The
2: split between the two entities ended a nearly century-old relationship brought together by shared values, or shared stated publicly values, that diverged in recent years. Okay, well, there you go.
1: These things come up too much. These articles are popping up way too much. And I'm getting so sick of the church's rote response. We have no tolerance for abuse. It's just that uh, it... uh, I better stop before I get it. it is, (laughs) bro.
3: That is their real scripture. The things written down to say in response to these accusations. Let me turn to Doctrine and Covenants 148 for my response to your allegations. But, but, hey, hey,
2: just hang on. We're not done yet. Yeah, that's right. Because as we spin off the news, we're jumping right in without slackening our pace into
4: for, for your, your
2: in information, information, I say to you,
3: information. Cool. Well nah, get information. All right, we are in the year nineteen sixty-four, and we're gonna go down on to down to Australia this morning. Okay. Oh, wow. Australian judge comments that Excellent. quote. It seems a particularly extraordinary way of bringing religion to the notice of the housewife as he imposes criminal fines on two LDS missionaries for impersonating government inspectors in order to enter the home of a potential investigator.
2: (laughs) Wow. Well, I have to hand it to him. That's pretty creative.
3: Idea, creative. <laughs> throw Any, throw the rainbow the, discussions away.
2: Anything we don't need away. those discussions. Can you imagine that conversation in the apartment the morning of? Well, Elder Smith, I the streeting approaches the door to door knocking, the questionnaire we whipped up, none of it's working. I have an idea. Uh, ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is
0: uh, or John, from the government. John Oliver,
1: and my name is uh, uh, Sean. Oliver, and we're looking for the dingo who ate a baby. <laughs> May we enter and inspect your home? Yeah,
3: government inspectors. So, what what were they going to propose to inspect? I
2: don't I know. Wonder, uh, I wonder. They
1: just wanted to get her wet.
2: <laughs> get
4: oh, that time.
2: is oh. <laughs> terrible. That doesn't even deserve the drums. Honesty has I, no place I, here. Listen, listen. Don't you know? <laughs>
1: Listen, it, it it was just a joke, guys. It was a goof. <laughs>
3: well, okay, let's finish wow. off yeah, 1964. That's... Let's go to November 28th. Okay. And you'll find this just fucking funny. <laughs> Inauguration steps in a home evening plan for December. This finally succeeds in achieving widespread compliance of Mormon families in holding... Hamley Foam Evening is what we used to call it. Ham- remember that? That was uh, our sister. called.
0: <laughs> are we going to have Hamley Foam Evening now? Yes,
3: I do remember that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So widespread compliance of Mormon families and holding home evenings, which had not occurred after official announcements in 1915, 1946, and 1961, all of which we have read about those failures. And now, apparently, okay, we're tired of hearing about it. We'll comply. And, and you might recall that when you were visited by home teachers, one of the questions they would ask you is, are you holding weekly Hamley Foam evening?
2: Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. And they're not home teachers anymore because God revealed that they're now, what, is the minister minister? Uh, ministering, yeah, ministering whatever hey uh, ministering my, angels
1: mike uh <laughs> can you build this chair but we're not going to call you a chair builder anymore you're going to do the exact same thing you're going to be a servant of the lord a uh, servant of the, the wood <laughs> We're just going to change it. I've serving it. up the wood.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I've been working with wood for some time now, and I would like to
1: render my, oh my
4: God! Progress. I remember, okay. uh, I
1: know this is a sidetrack, but I remember, I mean, it relates to home teaching. I remember when the ministering came out, the revelation that it was ministering, and my cousin, who's still in the church, very active, had these conversations where we disagreed with home teaching and what it actually was, go share our message and leave. And so when that came out, he was really excited. I had already left the church, so I was like, eh, whatever. And he calls me and he's like, it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. They changed the freaking name. Yeah. It's so frustrating. He's like, a Revelation. And we promise
2: we're not going to pull you off topic again that far. Dave, both of us. Well, yeah. God is progressing eternally.
3: And if he can think of a new word, don't <laughs> knock it.
2: Okay. God is progressing right. eternally. Oh, <laughs> ongoing revelation. <laughs> okay.
3: <It's- laughs> All right. Maybe if we go into a new year, this shit will
4: stop. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, no. God oh no.
3: Here it comes. Here Uh-oh. comes. This part of the segment. That just will not go away every Uh, week. I think you can guess where we're going. Apostle Harold B. Lee is protesting vigorously over our having given a scholarship at the BYU to a Negro student from Africa. Brother Brother Lee holds that the traditional belief, as revealed in the Old Testament, that the races ought to be kept together and that there is danger in trying to integrate them on the BYU
0: campus.
1: Um, I think wow. we need to now correct that because it's it's it was a revelation, but now it's a policy. So all right, June twenty fifth,
3: New York <laughs> Times reports first presidency letters to LDS members of Congress to retain anti union right to work provision and the Taft Harley Act. The reason I included that is what about this bullshit about we don't
2: get involved in political things like that? Oh yeah, yeah, uh, that's uh, whoops. It's been another one of those Whoopsie. statements. Yeah. Constant statement or claim and then constant evidence otherwise. Yeah. For there sure. you go. Okay.
3: So let's finish in October 28th. Twelve students at the invitation of BYU's president bring their own rock music and demonstrate contemporary fad dances for general authorities in the church administration building. What what the yeah. hell with it? Okay. Oh, I here's oh, like this is surprising.
0: Ban-
3: Not long afterwards, BYU more strictly enforces its band against contemporary rock dancing. You know, let me remind you, this is nineteen sixty five. So what we're talking about Us. is the Beatles. Yeah. Elvis the Beatles beatnik scene. Yeah. And that shit was out of control,
1: man. Yeah. I mean we got a we gotta, the, we gotta that ban rusting. that interesting. I'm sure uh, Packer was just like watching concerts on television when Elvis Presley would thrust and he'd be like, I feel the spirit of the devil. <laughs> turn this shit off. I mean, turn he would always
3: wear, wear a long stuff. coat like a trench coat when he would watch, though. I, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 playing with my little factory again, damn it. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, oh man, we're we're losing listeners here, folks. <laughs> yeah,
2: every week. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Instead of like most things where they it builds, no <laughs> this is no. going well, wait, we're like the mormon church oh <laughs> we're we're going away, okay, let's look at the <laughs> patriarchal nature of this church. We've done several podcasts about the fact that it's run by men <sighs> and mostly yes. really old mm-hmm. men, and so mm-hmm. the priesthood is held by the man the the offices, and they play the game, oh, look, you have the relief society, but that's a it's a different subject however the office of patriarch was first introduced when oh surprisingly Joseph thought it would be a good idea to include his dad and then later his brother Hiram in the hierarchy of the church and called mm. Joseph Smith senior to be the first patriarch yep Boom. and they didn't even know what a patriarchal blessing was mm-hmm there was no precedent, so let's just make this shit up because we're really good at that. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, and no. I think it started. He what he didn't give like patriarchal blessings to all the members. That was a later <laughs> creation, right? I mean, he That's was just correct. The quote unquote. It was to the uh, authorities. Yep, and he it, would give the yeah, authorities yeah. kind of like this uh, visionary blessing of the priesthood for their success as a leader and. I think yeah. the, it was kind of patterned after what you see in the Book of Mormon with Lehi and even going back to biblical stuff right the quote unquote patriarch of the family of the biblical family would give blessings to his posterity. It that, goes back uh, to
3: uh the ironic uh, so-called ironic priesthood in the Old Testament and then what we <laughs> we don't even Follow history. That's funny. Anyway, yeah, they're using yeah. that pattern yeah. of uh, we get a word or two on it, and then we just embellish and create this entire system out of a couple words from
2: a book that we're not really sure is accurate. That that should work That's out familiar. fine. Yeah, and at some point, and I should have looked this up, but I, I guess I just didn't care enough. <laughs>
1: Uh, (laughs) thanks for being honest Mike thank
2: you for your honesty you're going straight to heaven yeah Uh, at some point maybe you know the approximate timing David this office in the church which was a very senior office and avid listeners of ours the whole two of them and that includes Mitch (laughs)
4: that's
2: me uh, well they might recall for your information or two historically, where we talked about the patriarch, in quotes, of the church and how you mentioned that one statement, David, that the patriarch was held, should be held in esteem even higher than the prophet or some such thing. That was
3: from, uh, I read it in For Your Information several weeks ago from Joseph F. Smith, not surprisingly, the nepotism that the the office started with nepotism. Hey, Dad, you want a little special place in our special group called the church of christ yeah uh yeah I, and then I just, it, I yeah just and it, it stayed and there was constant confusion as to what the purpose of the office was but hey this guy's important we don't know what he does really <laughs> and then later yes it was conferred at the stake level right and each mm-hmm. stake would have their own patriarch and it would be a man who was one foot in the grave typically well, he'd have to be to be able to connect with heaven, right? So he's usually ninety years old, or is held several leadership positions, and is uh, set apart originally by a general authority. And yeah. I don't know if that's still the same. I don't think so. I think regional reps probably come probably in. regional reps. Uh, yeah, now because it yeah. keeps tri- trickling
2: because we've we've got better things to do. Okay, well we've got. A short bit here. It's always a short bit if it comes from Packer.
1: I don't appreciate your jesting.
2: <laughs> There's a talk from 2005 called The Office of the Patriarch. It's very short. This is just snippets of it. Let's play it because
0: this is what the church teaches about this. The calling of a patriarch is unique. There is nothing like it in all the world. There is nothing like it in the Church. When you say the word patriarch, there comes to the mind of the members of the Church, particularly the young people, the words wisdom, maturity, dignity, spirituality, worthiness. The work of the patriarch draws near to the very central purpose of the Lord's work. The revelation state, It is the duty of the Twelve to ordain evangelical ministers, as shall be designated unto them by revelation. The Prophet Joseph Smith explained, An evangelist is a patriarch. Wherever the Church of Christ is established in the earth, organized into stakes, There should be a patriarch for the benefit of the posterity of the saints as it was with Jacob giving his patriarchal blessings unto his sons. The sixth article of faith states, We believe in the same organization that existed in the primitive church in the days of the Savior, namely, apostles, prophets, evangelists, and patriarchs. Okay, hold
3: on a second. I got to point out one thing right off, real yeah. quick, guys. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, do you see what he's done again? Oh, yeah. The word in the ancient text is evangelist. There is no word patriarch. No, no. As I mean, an it, office it, as such. And so, no, no. well, evangelist means patriarch. Look the fucking <laughs> word up. At least take the time to look
2: it up. It
0: means no, nothing it of has the sort. nothing to
2: do with that. The two what? words, even religion aside, the two, well, yeah. evangelist is hard to take religion out of. I guess you could be an evangelist of an opinion or a, yeah, but mm. take religion out of it. Evangelist and patriarch. I don't even have to look it up. They have nothing in common. Nothing at all. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> a patriarch, it, a patronage, a, a patron, a, a parent, a patriarch was the man of the house and an evangelist. What the fuck does that have to do with patriarch? <laughs> and he misquoted that verse, did he not? Yeah, he, I, I did. I there was no that. patriarch in there. I guess he's just throwing it in there because he can, because he's, so right? he's, he's an apostle, right? Yeah, apostle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, here, yeah. here's what he said. So we were right too about the kind of started. Jacob gave blessings to his son, you know, Esau and whatever, etc. Let's Peptomite. the patriarch
0: is an ordained office in the Melchizedek or higher priesthood. The offices are apostle, 70, patriarch, high priest, and elder. Interesting. And that's
3: really mixed up order as far as the way that that office might be presented to you. Yeah. Uh, you're always an elder first, and then the high priest, and then possibly a 70 vice versa 70 by the way for years we might as well bring this up was a local office at the ward level there was a group you had the elders in your yeah. ward the high priest and the 70s the yeah, 70s our dad, our dad were, was were a 70 missionary yes yeah. they were missionaries yep. and basically headed up that part of the work in the ward yep. later it became a general authority
2: office because god just wasn't Sure, what he wanted to do with it. I- Mitch, uh, the spirit has moved upon me, and I want to sing a song with you right now. Oh, you know that song, I'm proud to be an American? Yes, or at least I know I'm free. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about I'm proud to have a father who was a 70? Ready,
1: okay, yeah, <laughs> and I'm, I'm proud, proud,
2: proud to have, have a, father
4: a father who was a, was a 70.
2: All right. He (laughs) held the priesthood keys and shall be enthroned ever after. I can't resist. World without end. (laughs) Also, I can't resist also just digging Packer here because he mispronounced Melchizedek, which is pretty typical in the church. People call it Melchizedek.
1: I did that on purpose. (laughs) you you teaser
2: you you're such a tease
1: please get off of my ass (laughs) well that's opposite of what you used to say
0: huh (laughs) the
1: spirit no longer resides here
0: (laughs) okay all right here we go (laughs) a patriarch is ordained not set apart if a man is set apart to an office in the church he will one day be released But an ordination to an office in the priesthood is permanent unless it is lost through transgression. A man is not released from the office of Patriarch. Age or illness may require the Patriarch to be placed on non-functioning status. This office (laughs) has been an essential part of the priesthood from ancient times. Um, Mitch, how many, like to how many say- of these guys are in non functioning
2: <laughs> status, Mitch, you including like to- the <laughs> guy speaking? I think Packer <laughs> has something to say about, quote, non functioning status.
1: Okay. Yeah. ED? I, no comment. I, I, I'm embarrassed to say that my little factory remains little.
2: <laughs> oh okay well back back to your Thank you. Thank er, back to you. your oh. earlier words from
0: about 20 years ago here we go. from even before the foundation of the world there it is if he moves to another stake he may not give patriarch blessings in that stake unless he's approved by the quorum of the 12 to be sustained as a patriarch in a conference of that stake he need not be set apart or ordained again a number of years ago, I ordained a patriarch in a distant state. Three months later, he came to my office and told this experience. After he was ordained, he was overwhelmed. He brooded over the awesome responsibility of giving blessings, which must include a declaration of lineage and prophetic insights personal to each individual. There it is. He was weighed down with a feeling of inadequacy. And could not get himself to attempt to give his first patriarchal blessing. stake president would he's ask not, if he's ready he's not to good give at the making blessing it up okay. each time he would say he did not feel up to the great responsibility. Finally, he realized that he must prepare himself. He talked to a revered church leader in the community and asked, Could I write out two or three brief paragraphs that could be an appropriate introduction to any patriarchal blessing? I could memorize these paragraphs as a beginning with the expectation that the Spirit would then provide the inspiration that I needed. It was agreed that it would be all right. So he prepared a short introduction. He wrote and rewrote the paragraphs until he was satisfied it was worthy of an introduction to a patriarchal blessing. Then he informed the state president he was ready. Soon the first young person came with his recommend to receive a, a blessing. I just want to make a quick note there they corrected that
2: audio the original audio said soon the first young person with his rectum came to ah. the blessing this, ah, th- this ah. was recommend he they, they so, yeah he, okay. Packer slipped into a little a personal experience again at that point but mm-hmm. yeah let's back to it.
0: Well, Confident yeah. that his memorized introduction would get him started, he placed his hands on the young person's head and did not use a word of it. That day, he said, I found out whose blessings they are. They are not my blessings, they are the blessings of the Lord, and he will, through his Spirit, dictate what should be said.
3: Well, that's it, man. I I, I'm going again, I think I'm going back to church, man. Yeah. I thanks for the clarification there, Boyd.
2: Yeah, that's the idea. I mean to clarify, here's a quick little anybody could go out to LDS.org and see this very short entry here called Patriarchal Blessings. This is in their gospel topics area. I'm gonna just read through this because I think as I do, we can pause and make some comments here. Because we're ultimately going to pull this back around to two things in, in my mind for this episode. One is what are you taught as a member that these are? What's their purpose, et cetera? And then the second that I think is kind of important as we wrap it up today, what impact does this have on members of the church? What are the, mm-hmm. the impacts, the, the long-term effects that this has on people? Are they positive? Are they negative? Is it a mix? And we might even throw in the thing that we sometimes just leave alone. How are the men who are called as patriarchs impacted by this? Mm. We don't often talk about that side of it, but you know, here they are, a believing member as well, obviously. And how does that affect them? So
4: yeah.
2: really quickly, though, patriarchal blessings. <clears throat> I'm going to get into my gospel
4: topics voice now. Overview. Every worthy baptized member is entitled to and should receive a patriarchal blessing which provides inspired direction from the Lord. Patriarchal blessings include a declaration of a person's lineage in the house of Israel and contain personal counsel from the Lord. As a person studies his or her patriarchal blessing and follows the counsel, it contains... Here's the three things it provides you. It will provide guidance, comfort, and protection. What oh. kind of protection? Yeah. Is it like all-encompassing?
1: protection like i can yes oh cool
2: yeah this is the israel nation fascination to a t dave yeah here we go
4: a patriarchal blessing includes a declaration of lineage stating that the person is of the house of israel a descendant of abraham belonging to a specific tribe of jacob why (laughs) why does
2: that fucking matter that's how when you gather when you people. say why, think think the of,
1: gathering being of
3: Israel 12 years old, <laughs> and you're told that, and it's supposed to be really profound. Yeah. Oh, I'm from Ephraim. And then you talk to all your buddies and friends, and oh, no way. I'm from Ephraim too. Yes. What do, what do you think that means? I don't know, but it's it's bitching, isn't it?
1: We're <laughs> Ephraim. <laughs> and then there's that hope in the back of your mind that you're like, maybe. Maybe when I get my patriarchal blessing, I'll be one of the really rare tribes. (laughs) You are from the tribe of... Jehoshaphat. (laughs) Oh, my Lord Almighty, you're from the tribe of Joseph himself. (laughs) He's the chosen one. We will now call you Nemo. Neo. Neo. (laughs) Nemo. 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 (laughs) And...
2: And as all the other members are looking to find Israel, only one shall be finding Nemo. <laughs> oh my so God. So you, go,
3: you go to a map. As a young person, you're told you're from the house of Israel. You've heard that if you've been listening at all growing up. Yeah. And now you're told specifically you're from this tribe. So what do you do? You go to the biblical maps in the back behind the Bible dictionary, and you know where that is. I know. I don't have to. I spent a lot of time on those yeah. maps. <laughs> yeah. And you find the state of Israel, and you think, God, I wonder I wonder which part I'm really from. I mean, wh- <laughs> what? <laughs>
1: right.
4: <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving forward, <laughs> past the absolute insanity, many Latter-day Saints are of the tribe of Ephraim. Aha. huh the tribe given Ooh. the primary responsibility to lead the latter day work of the Lord, because each of us has many bloodlines running in us. This is the excuse for the absurdity. Two members of the same family may be declared as being of different <laughs> tribes of Israel. Oh my God. Wow.
2: You know, it it's wasn't not the mailman. Mom, yes. No. that mom, that mom the had sex
4: with the mailman. It's that
2: it's that <laughs> Mitch was the only son from Ben. <laughs>
4: Not even Benjamin, it's just Ben. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. It does not matter if a person's lineage in the house of Israel is through bloodlines or by adoption. And we're going to say a tidbit there. Church members are counted as a descendant of Abraham and an heir to all the promises and blessings contained in the Abrahamic covenant.
2: So, bloodlines are by adoption. Here's the funny thing. Those of you who may recall a not-too-far-distant episode called Poltergeist Heist, wasn't that the one on the gift of the Holy Ghost? Yes. You may recall, I swear, Dave, I mentioned in that episode that whack revelation slash teaching from Joseph Smith where he said, when a person is given the gift of the Holy Ghost, at that moment – if they are not literally of the bloodline of Israel, their blood is changed. Yeah, mm. that's getting really,
3: yeah. really whack. Whack it's, is a good cool. word so for like, it. So you like, so become a mutant. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, mutant Mormons. It's a new. It's a new TV series. Cutting your way, short, mutant Mormon. Mutant Mormon. So hey, think changed. about this. I, I I thought about this as an active member. So. It's really important that you're from the right bloodline, the right tribe, but it really doesn't even fucking matter.
2: No. Because we'll just adopt you in anyway. And it's just funny because, again, contradiction of teachings. There is no adoption if everyone who gets the gift of the Holy Ghost, if they weren't of the bloodline already, their blood is literally changed. That was a different time, Mike. So there is no adoption. Everyone is made. You're, the fucking bloodline of Israel, like whether they were or I mean, not.
1: You're really focusing on some <laughs> negative things. At a different time, Joseph said a lot of things.
2: Yes, right. He was just a man. Okay, and Church that was in- then, and this is now. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. Learning
4: from a patriarchal blessing. This is the meat, and there's just a few paragraphs here. Those who have received a patriarchal blessing should read it humbly, prayerfully, humbly. Uh, yes, humbly, <laughs> <laughs> prayer. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that in the impact on members. Hold those horses. You should read it humbly, prayerfully, and frequently. It contains personal revelation and instructions from Heavenly Father who knows our strengths, weaknesses, and eternal potential. Patriarchal blessings may contain promises, admonitions, and warnings. Those who follow the council in their patriarchal blessing will be less likely to go astray or be misled. I followed
1: my counsel. So did
4: I, damn it! <laughs> Only by weird. following the council in a patriarchal blessing can one receive the blessings contained therein. The patriarchal blessing becomes a huge carrot.
1: Yep.
2: Yes, okay. Now, here's one of the things that just... I love this, David. And we've talked about this a lot. So what if I follow the councils? What if I try to be the best member I can be? Mm-hmm. And I notice this weird thing, this weird thing being, how come this and this and this promise, which pretty clearly are worded in a way that this is going to happen in my mortal life on earth here,
4: mm-hmm.
2: aren't happening So here's the caveat slash disclaimer. Ready? Are you dead yet, you idiot? (laughs) You still have time. (laughs) It's it's the
3: shame game again. You get to go into guilt. Well, check this out.
2: This is the this is the whole, you know, insurance policy Mm. slash keep the lie alive.
4: Okay. Similarly, the recipient of the blessing should not assume that everything mentioned in it will be fulfilled in this life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh it's perfect uh,
2: pa-
3: uh, although all the promises in the mormon church are actually about the next life
2: anyway really yeah. ultimately so yeah. why is that a surprise come on yeah that's come right on. i mean man isn't really that he should have joy here and now okay a patriarchal
4: no, blessing it. is eternal and its promises <laughs> may extend into the eternities if one is worthy, there's the W word again. All promises will be fulfilled. Here's our favorite phrase.
2: Maybe in the whole church. All promises will be fulfilled in, in the Lord's, the Lord's due time. Due time.
1: And Lord's that sucker's got a really weird time. watch. Uh, yeah, it's my doo-doo time.
2: God. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's t- I am not a dodo. Bear the
3: royal throne. There's a young man in the woods. I've <laughs> got to go down to that damn planet again. This guy won't shut up. I'm going to have to appear to him this time.
4: Yeah, Joseph,
1: oh, Jehovah, tell us <laughs> who is that in my neck of the woods where I have doo-doo time? <laughs> That's Joseph. Oh shit! Let's go.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and Joseph didn't tell in any of the nine recollections of the vision what the first four words really were. He heard this echoing voice.
4: Shut the fuck up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, here we go. All Ready? Right. Ready? We're almost are done. Are you still reading? Oh, my yes. God. Okay. Yeah, Well, it's actually pretty
4: short, but we keep yeah. talking. I mean, that's, that's fine. <laughs> that's the point. Okay, here we go. Those promises and blessings that are not realized in this life will be fulfilled in the next. Oh. Okay, I feel
2: so much better because none of this shit is
4: happening that's in my blessing. So, okay. Patriarchal blessings are sacred and personal. Here we go. This is another one. They may be shared with immediate family members, but should not be read aloud in public or read or interpreted by others. Well,
2: Hmm. maybe if I want to go to my bishop or the patriarch himself and ask him some
4: thoughts or nope. something. Nope. Not even the patriarch or bishop or branch president should interpret it. All right. What about mission president? Because I, I,
3: nope. I know you did. I, had, I know. I went that's, to my that's, mission president that's, that's and his response was. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> like, hey, well, no that's sacred. that's a beautiful
1: blessing. I
3: I think you should become an electrical engineer.
1: it was then the lord looked down upon dave and said he has shared the most sacred blessing that i gave him
4: (laughs) he is no longer of the house of israel or
3: the house of electrical
4: engineers (laughs) those who have received a patriarchal blessing should treasure its words ponder them and here's the w word again live to be worthy to receive the promised blessings in this life and in the life to come this is gonna be life to come we all pondered i'm
3: gonna go ahead and share just one experience now as a young man i was never what i would call active in the church of my own free will i was told that if i didn't go to church there's the fucking door yeah and i didn't have a way to uh Stay alive outside. That's not living, brother. That is not living. Anyway, so I went and lived with the Bee Gees for a while. <laughs> 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 I mean, there's a reason their voices are that high. We won't get into it. Oh, but. God. <laughs>
2: okay, so
3: I received a patriarchal blessing, tucked it away. Yeah, maybe occasionally, only if like it came up as a lesson topic uh, or my bishop would remind me, uh, when's the last time you look at your blessing? Oh, let's see. Where the hell is it? Uh, I don't know. Uh, and that, I'd read through it and I'd partially feel the excitement of the possibility of some of the promises. But I was inactive. I left home. I was partying, drinking with a band living a crazy life, ran up Provo Canyon. So we're local now. And my friend at the last minute says, hey, man, they're having a keger up this, this one place. Oh, well, hell, I'm in. Two things I didn't know uh, or didn't think about. I hadn't eaten all day. Secondly, it was eight point beer from Wyoming. And thirdly, I was very shortly shit faced, mm-hmm. thought the best Best thing to do in that situation would be to get in the car and drive us all home down the canyon. Oof. Yeah. So almost killed some people, spent a couple days in the who's gal, got home. And I'm obviously I'm shook up. I'm just not knowing what the hell is going on with my life. And this is one of those times where when you might turn to your blessing. I did. I pulled it out. I don't know where I had kept it. I pulled it out and I'm sitting there weeping and my buddy comes in because, man, what the hell's going on? And I said, oh, I'm i just reading this blessing. He, he knew what Mormonism was. And uh, shortly thereafter, I left and whatever. But the point is, it stuck. Even though I wasn't really active, didn't really believe the things in the church, The idea that there's some kind of answer there was powerful enough for me to turn to that when I was really in a desperate situation. Somebody else's turn now. Thank you.
1: No, that's so true, though. We could go on about whether or not, not only uh, pertaining to patriarchal blessings within the Mormon church, but um, a lot of things that kind of more or less helped us through hard times. And so yeah. my patriarchal blessing did help me. And so I now looking back, I look at my patriarchal blessing as, you know, it, it exactly what it is. Just a bunch of made up shit. But <laughs> it did help yeah. me in certain situations with hope. False hope, might I add. And yeah. the conditioning, there's a lot. And I guess my point is the bad outweighs the good to me still. Because even though there were moments where I, you know, I look back and I'm like, oh, my patriarchal blessing really helped me through this. Now I'm dealing with the repercussions of conditioned beliefs that I look to in my patriarchal blessings. Or blessings. I had multiple. I was so worthy. And um,
3: you really are for me
2: from, aren't you?
1: I am. No, actually, I'm from... Uh, I'm from the tribe of Elohim. Actually,
2: the the funny thing is, Shira, his last name, which probably correctly pronounced is Shira, Mm -hmm. is potentially ancient
1: Hebrew. It is. It is. (laughs) Yeah, it it actually is. One of the things, several things basically fucked me up. It got really specific about my eternal companion, Uh and so I had that obsession of finding the right one, Mm -hmm. Um, and that's still with me, thinking that there's someone special for me, it fucks you up. And this is the biggest one. And I'll share some of my patriarchal blessing. I know I'm going against the Lord (laughs) and his servants, but... Wait, let let me... I knew knew it! I knew it was coming. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'll put this away. So, later down in my patriarchal blessing... It starts talking about my mission. So that's what Mike was saying. There's obviously certain things that are in this life. So it's literally talking about when I go and serve my mission, my two-year mission. And it says, but before you go on that mission, Mitchell, as you are preparing for it, you will find that the spirit will keep prompting you with the question. What if you get in a position where you have to prove to those people that the things that you have known all of your life about the Lord and the Savior and the atonement that he made for the world, that he really did come to the world and voluntarily give up his life as a ransom for the rest of mankind in the world, that they might overcome their problems and live again in the resurrection. You will get on your knees before the Lord and ask literally plead with the lord for a witness of the certainty of those things that you believe while you are yet upon your knees the spirit of promise will embed that witness of truth in your heart and soul and it will never be shaken for you again Ooh! excuse me (laughs) Got a little shaken up there.
3: That's, that's interesting language. You know, real quickly, the difference in patriarchs, the dude that gave me mine was really old school, if you will. Yeah. He, he, used, he used old English yeah. a lot.
2: Yeah. Like mine, it, like
3: it was really scripture. Yeah.
2: yeah. Mine was too that's- a little bit. It was like halfway between. Yeah, and yeah. the
1: thing that screwed sure. me up from that is you can imagine now I've yeah. got this huge weight on my shoulders that I need to yeah. have a sure witness before I go on my mission. Mm-hmm. And I had one, at least I thought I did. You fabricated and one. And I pled and I was like, is this the time the Lord's going to answer my prayer? Yeah. and Confirmation uh, by us, yeah. yeah. And I really, really wanted that, and so I got it. Of course. Because, you know, uh,
2: it flying in the face of an old stone song mm. – you can't always get what you want. Yeah. You can't. Oh, sorry. I, <laughs> no,
1: that was that was beautiful. I'd rather listen to the original, than Mike. So, if you oh, please. Thanks, yeah. Thanks, thanks,
2: Mitch. Appreciate that.
3: <laughs> but if Bastard. you try sometime. Try sometime.
1: Yeah, it's. It's Might just it really get what you messes, need. It really, yeah, because
3: only God knows what you really need. Okay, that's another so quit thing. Oh, Like God. You're running your own oh, life. No pun For fuck intended. For fuck's sake, yeah. You don't know. You don't even know what you need. No, here's here the
2: thing. I mean, look, <laughs> I. This is this is the thing. I made some bullets of what I think the impact, the major impacts are on the members. First of all, you are hyped up since we taught or we lass, whatever, or we lad. You're prepared since youth to receive it. Mm -hmm. You're hyped up about it. It becomes an early control mechanism. How does it become a control mechanism? Well, we read the W word in there a few times. You must keep the commandments and be true to your covenants Mm -hmm. and be worthy
1: Worthy, Not uh, only to
2: receive a patriarchal blessing to begin with,
1: but to get the blessing, but to
2: get the blessing itself, and then once you get the blessing, it becomes an ongoing control mechanism, you
4: have to keep because
2: doing you have to keep being true to receive all those wonderful promises and revelations in the blessing. So it's like we're going to wrap this. What do you want to compare it to? Like uh, an ankle collar. <laughs> A home arrest. Yeah, like a, house what is, What's the name of the I, bracelet? Ankle, yeah, whatever. Book. Anyway, ankle brace and ankle, shackles, yeah. <laughs> anklet <laughs> with a little alert on it, right? With a a um, little heart that says "God loves you," <laughs> 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 but you can only go this far in your house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so here's other things. I just I just brain dumped on this. Creates and/or elevates feelings of elitism. We talked about this Ooh, based on the quote revelations about that's why a participant's you're supposed to
1: humbly read your book. Right? Mike. Well,
2: it's revelations about your greatness that are revealed. Yeah. In the I need blessing. to humbly
1: read about how great I am. And
2: oh. here's the thing with that, right? We talked about the entry in the gospel topics area of the church website and this isn't the only place that says this right where you should only share it with family members only prompted by the spirit don't share it so it's secret right and so what do you get when you give somebody a document that tells them how great they are and you also make it secret what you do is you double the elitism impact
1: Mm, on that person's brain
2: because Oh, I'm so good. But but I can't share it. It's secret. So you secretly, you internalize this. Mm-hmm. And now it even doubles that impact. Because isn't it even more profound if you're not allowed to share it with anybody?
1: Yes. And I think patriarchal blessings are like one of the most obvious signs of elitism. It's just that. The pinnacle for me is elitism. We are elite we have special blessings. We have so many great things that we're going to do in our life. For me, I'm going to have a special witness. I'm going to find my eternal companion. I mean, it goes at specific and goes on about it, it alludes that I might be a temple president, even a patriarch. Uh, there you go. Blessings, because it literally of says you will be giving blessings to the lost tribes of Israel. And so. There you go. Yeah.
3: My, well, the elitism goes. Not only is it manifest between us and non-members, we're these special Mormon people who have all the, you know, the priesthood. And now we have a patriarchal blessing and we have the temple and all the elitism. We also play that game within the church. Oh, yes. And, Michael, I don't know if you'll remember dad because our father who raised us and demanded that we go to church. Whacked. Which was not cool. Had some obviously some really good qualities and one of them was he didn't like a certain kind of bullshit he obviously swallowed a great big bullshit biscuit when he joined the church <laughs> right? <laughs> but, but, among, among people so he called this thing the high priest look do you remember that michael yes i do Where he would go to church and and then he'd be talking later well i went in and visited with the high priest he obviously was an elder at the time and I don't like the way they give you that look like, huh, who the fuck are you? Yeah. (laughs)
2: Yeah. I'm like, wow. Yeah, it's (laughs) funny because that same dad gave us, quote unquote, patriarchal blessings when he gave us the Melchizedek priesthood. Correct. And that's the blessing where our brother was told he'd be one of the 12 apostles and where I was told, like, I affiliated with the great generals and captains in the pre-mortal world (laughs) and all this shit, you know, and he just really went to town, you know, and my patriarchal blessing too, right? It tells me, Oh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to have the power of the priesthood to heal people and maybe even raise them from the dead. And I'm going to see Jesus come and I'm going to, you know, all this stuff. I'm going to be a great teacher in the kingdom and whatever. Right. And so it's what what happens. Did you miss it? Michael. (laughs) <laughs> hang on. Hang on. Did you miss it? Oh, he he already returned. Quite a while. Oh, oh son yeah. of a bitch. Yeah, I should have yeah, given yeah. you an update. Damn. Yeah. Well, you know. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the bullets is it creates cognitive dissonance and depression oh. and confusion and feelings of inadequacy. What? Because
1: as feelings the participant, of inadequacy? <laughs> the Mormon church? <laughs> yeah. I don't think you're reading the right shit. <laughs> As a participant <laughs> sees the things that are
2: promised in their blessing not coming to fruition. Feeling am I yeah. unworthy? Why is that's X, X oh why is God, XYZ not happening talk. for me? What must I do to make these things happen, right? And <laughs> I and think that's I, the other
1: pinnacle. Oh, worthiness yeah. Oh my! And God, then you just go enough. back
2: to the failsafe. You go, oh wait, 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 wait. Uh, of course,
3: that's going to be in the next life. life. So yeah, yeah. That's Where, the I'm funny good. thing. That's the funny think, thing. I be- think yeah. that's the reason. But I, I'll never know for sure if that's why it's not unfolding no, no. the way it is here. Yeah. So I guess I'm just
2: in a mind fuck. <laughs> well, and the thing is, like, there are some elements in most blessings, right? Not all, obviously, but. Where they're specific enough yeah. that you're pretty, if you gave it to a hundred straight people and said, what do you think? Is that going to happen in this life or the next? 99 out of the hundred. Well, this sentence here, this clearly talks about this life, right? And so mm-hmm. those pieces for sure are the brain fuck for people because when those pieces don't happen that are clearly about this mortal life experience, then what do you do, right? And it comes back to, well, this is the word of God. There's no error in this word. So the error is in me. I must be exactly. unworthy.
1: It's a great window to look into the Mormon church, the elitist mentality within the whole membership of the church. You look at patriarchal blessings, I would say patriarchal blessings are like the very, that's the lowest here. It's like every member gets these. All you have to do is start climbing the ladder. Look at bishops and the blessings they get. They're chosen to watch over the flock and then stake presidents all the way up to apostles and prophets who have a second anointing, a very, very special blessing where they are saved regardless. They're done. Even though Jesus is absent. Even though Jesus isn't there. (laughs) It's such a hard pill, even for me now to swallow as an ex-member, to think that I was so, so prideful. And uh, members won't, no, no, no. It's like the feigned humility. Oh, no, I'm humble. You can't, because the whole foundation of the church is built on this elite idea that we are better, that the Lord has chosen us among everyone else. He's chosen us.
3: But what's the comeback on that? from the members of the church. Okay, Mitch, I see your concern, but don't you understand? God wants all those blessings for all of his children. They just haven't joined the church then.
2: And then they can be special too. And if everyone's special, no one's special. There's a few other pieces I wanted to hit on with this whole patriarchal blessing thing, right? One of them is the irony I see in it that it even exists in the church And there's a ton of this kind of shit. In fact, they recently, I should have brought this up in LDS Church in the news. They recently posted a policy about energy healing, something like this. Mm, That's right. That's right. Steer away from it, whatever. Right. And so (laughs) the church has always been warning. (laughs) About, you know, alternative spirituality, alter, you know, these kinds of things. Back in the, you know, they would, no diviners, no soothsayers, no fortune tellers, no occultism.
1: And that's what they're based on?
2: That's what they're <laughs> based on. The Smith family, and to their defense, most others in that magic worldview time period in that area, were into the occult. Mm-hmm. And this is where a lot of these beliefs came from, is occult-type oh, a, yeah. a teachings. And yet, you're told not to do it. Here's a perfect example of occultism. This guy is a fortune teller. He's a diviner. Mm-hmm. He's going to put his hands on your head and tell your fortune. Exactly. He's using the priesthood <laughs> instead of a deck of cards, right? Or, yeah. or a crystal ball.
1: He's using the correct power. Right. And so,
2: you know, it's just hilarious. That alone is so hilarious to me. And the last bit I wanted to hit on is what is the impact on the patriarchs themselves? We've talked a little bit about this in the past with like roles like a bishop or a stake president. Here is a man told, you have this ability. No pressure. You're going to receive direct revelation from God for Mitch here. Go. Go. And, oh, so oh, I, dear, shit, I, I had the uh,
3: opportunity. I don't know if it's unique or not. I guess somewhat unique when I was in the Bishopric, that I, <laughs> I think how fucked up this is. I interviewed the Stake Patriarch for his Temple Recommend. Talk about am I in the wrong place? What the hell's going on? And he opened up to me and he told me some of the experiences that he had had as a stake patriarch. And one of the things he shared was the constant
2: feeling of inadequacy.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Talk about a brain I-
2: fuck. A brain fuck on both sides, right? The recipient and all the ways and more that we just talked through. And then the, the giver of the blessing. I'm talking for God here. Holy shit. I better get it right. And really, every guy who has the priesthood and gives blessings. You know, I was big into that, Dave. I, this isn't from me. It's from God. Mm, this is not me giving you a blessing. And I had elders and high priests and so disagree with me, right? Well, yes, it is. God gave you his permission and his authority. You're giving the blessing. I'm like, no, I'm not. God's giving the blessing, you know? And so I had, I was big on that and I sought for that. Like even if I gave somebody a bless, like a healing blessing or whatever, I would give them that piece first. And then I would always follow it almost like that pattern, patriarchal pattern of anything else God wanted to tell them. You know, and here I am being (laughs) a funnel for the spirit, so to speak. Oh, my God. And I literally believed that I was talking for God. Oh, I know.
3: Oh, my God. We did this a lot, especially in the bishopric. If it was somebody we didn't know about, we would find out as much as we could about them, even interviewing. Yeah. Person personally, no, how does that kind of all the, all the information we oh, need to dude. dispense the adequate blessing? Had we not asked those questions prior, it would have been a flopper,
2: dude. The, the TV psychics. The circus, like, they do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Mitch is wearing a a necklace that says, uh, you know, has a T on it or something. Mitch, I, I sense, uh, there's someone in your life. Their, their name starts with like a a D d or T. How did you know? Like they, they find out about the person and they use the patriarch did the same thing with me. He actually met with me before Yeah, get the blessing. Well, tell me about. This and that. And what experiences have you had with the spirit and the Lord? And he prepped everything. And then he mysteriously talked about those things <laughs> in the patriarchy.
1: That's it. Seriously. Yeah, I, I think- let
2: that go. And, and
3: especially being in the bishopric, we oh, did that all God. the time and we didn't yeah. even think about it. But yeah, especially with the young kids, they would barely been around 12 years old, going to ordain this young man to a deacon. Well, how the hell do I know what's in his future? Mm-hmm. Well, I already
1: know you him don't. because God does.
3: I'm, over, I'm over the deacons,
1: <laughs> you know, yeah. being in the bishopric. Uh, yeah. Kind of to wrap things up, we talked about elitism, inadequacy, shame. There's so much to dive into, but I think the biggest thing for me is the inadequacy. Putting elitism aside, inadequacy that the church and the leaders put upon their members. No matter the calling, yeah, that's if right. You're not, and that's what they define as humble. It's if the shame sham. It, you're it's like, oh, the, I'm yeah. I'm humble because I'm so inadequate. That's not humility. That's shame. Yeah, you're shaming. It's yourself. the shame sham. I'm not good enough. Yep. I'm not good enough. Yep. And a patriarch giving a blessing. What you just said, Dave. He opened up to you. Feelings of inadequacy as members of the church. When we were members, that feeling of inadequacy. Was praised, be like, Oh, I'm so humble. You're praised for that, so inadequate. And it's like, Yeah, that's not humility, that's you're shaming yourself,
2: Mitch. You're like Ammon, he realized he was nothing without God, but with God, he could cut off lots of people's arms,
1: (laughs) exactly. And then on the flip side of that, that's why it's such a conundrum, (laughs) is because you're like, I feel so inadequate, I but I am the chosen one, (laughs) right. It's like, wait, oh, and whoa, as he carried the arms into King Lamoni and said,
3: Now that I've done this and I've got all these arms, what the hell shall I do with them?
1: Put them in the armory.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> oh, man. Man. <laughs> what a great joke! And to end Jeez. things off here, just remember <laughs> members, because we have so many active members listening to our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> When you are thinking of the power of the priesthood and getting a patriarchal blessing and anything else, it is
4: voodoo. (laughs) See you next week, everybody!